You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Hour two on this Wednesday, Dan and the Danettes, Dan Patrick Show. Glad to have you on board. Fritzy is still joining us via remote. Front row is here, front and center. Cliff Kingsbury says lack of experience played a role in the Cardinals' playoff exit. I'll address that coming up here in a moment. Phone calls always welcome, 877-3DP-SHOW. Email address, dp at danpatrick.com. Twitter handle at dpshow. Say good morning to our streaming partner, Peacock. Download the app, watch for free, and say good morning to our radio affiliates. We're, we're inching closer to 400 radio affiliates that uh, allow us to be part of their daily schedule here, and we appreciate that. Poll question from the first hour. Which losing playoff team will advance further next year? Paulie, do you have the results so far? 37% like the Patriots, 24% like the Cowboys, and then the Raiders are third at 24%. Well, that brings us to the Arizona Cardinals. Cliff Kingsbury, the head coach, said lack of playoff experience may have played a role in the Cardinals being beaten so badly. And he said that uh, there's only way, uh, one way to experience playoff football, and that's to go through it. So I was wondering, how much playoff experience did the Cardinals have? How much playoff experience did the Bengals have? The Cardinals had players with 83 combined games of playoff experience, fourth fewest in the NFL. Cincinnati Bengals had 57 combined games of playoff experience, the least in the NFL. It's easy to say, convenient to say, we didn't have playoff experience. You have to go through it to understand how you get to the next level. We've certainly seen this with NBA teams getting past that barrier. Pistons couldn't get past the Celtics. Bulls couldn't get past the Pistons. Well, the Cardinals would have had a home playoff game if they didn't collapse during the end of the regular season. The Cardinals lost four of their last five. One of those losses was to the Detroit Lions. Convenient to say, playoff experience, um, head coaching experience played a role here too. That if you're an offensive-minded head coach and your team doesn't create any offense, it's on you. I have to start with you. What is your game plan? You don't have DeAndre Hopkins. You knew it. You haven't had him for a long time. How are you going to generate offense against the Rams? And they did a poor job. I give the Rams a lot of credit, but man, did Arizona look like they were anything but a playoff team. Yeah, Paul. If you look at Cliff Kingsbury, though, just to play devil's advocate a little bit, uh, his first year, five wins. Last year, eight wins. Up to 11 wins this year. The offense two years ago was the uh, 21st-ranked offense. The last two years, it's the 6th-ranked and 7th-ranked offense. So right direction, but it has a bad feel to it. It's just that second half of the season, and this is, this is habitual. This has happened all the way back to 2013. Yes, Eden. It is interesting that Cliff Kingsbury talked about that, about closing the season strong, and that he, it is something that he's really aware of, but he didn't seem to necessarily, wasn't able to point to exactly the reason. He's like, do we have to structure our practices better or what? But it's clearly a problem the team has. Yeah, you can't be dependent on just one guy, and then that guy goes out, DeAndre Hopkins, and you go, I don't know what we're going to do now. Like, you're an offensive-minded guy. Great coaches make adjustments there. And, you know, he he burst onto the scene because he had Patrick Mahomes. I mean, that's where we go, oh, Cliff Kingsbury's offense. Well, they were still a 500 team, even with one of the great quarterbacks that we've seen in the last decade. And then he 
kind of failed up, got the job at Arizona with his relationship with Kyler Murray. And, and maybe he turns out to be a, a long-term successful coach. But right now, these are the games where coaches win these games. They prepare you to win these games. Your game plan, it starts with your coach and your quarterback. And Kyler Murray didn't play at all uh, well at all. But I, at some point, I would have had an adjustment to what the Rams were doing, and it didn't feel like there was any adjustment. You had one of the worst halves in NFL playoff history. I got to put blame on somebody here. I can give a lot of credit to the Rams, but if I'm the Cardinals and you go back to the drawing board, what do you say? Well, once we get uh, DeAndre Hopkins back, okay, that's going to solve everything. And they were the darlings first half of the season. Now you got to mention Kyler Murray, MVP, Cliff Kingsbury, coach of the year. Absolutely. First half of the season, but second half, Neither showed up. Yeah, Paul. Possible solution. Kingsbury coaches September, October. Interim <laughs> coach November to the end. Risky. It is. But uh, Imaginative. <laughs> Arizona fans might be in favor of that. Yeah, Cliff is a, he's not a guy, he's not a worker. You know, two months, that's good for him. Guess who is older than every opposing NFC head coach still in the playoffs? Tom Brady. Stat of the day, stat of the day, stat of the day, here comes that what stat of the day. Bob, he looks younger than all the other coaches, too. He's older than all of them. He looks younger than us. He's like less stress. Yeah, he does. If you look at Brady when he first came into the league, it just felt like the night before was a lot of fun and a few beers. Now... He, he looks like he's, you know, somebody graduating from college. That, that uh, Benjamin Button, that, uh, <laughs> the portrait of Dorian Gray, he's getting younger right before our very eyes. If you would have said, hey, uh, which one is uh, Brady when he's uh, first two years in the league? Which one is present day? You'd go the other way around, probably. You're like, that guy looks really young. That guy looks like a grizzled veteran there. All right, we'll get to phone calls coming up. By the way, I thought Andy Reid had a, uh, a great comment on the Super Bowl. Here's the Chiefs head coach. Well, if you like chocolate cake um, and you eat a piece uh, and then you have one dangled in front of your face, you're probably going to want to eat that too. Not much is going to stop you. So, I mean, that's how, that's how you feel about the Super Bowl. I mean, that's, uh, that, that is the chocolate cake with the ultimate frosting. And then uh, <laughs> you, you need to – you're going to try to go get it if you can. You know, that's – best you can. <laughs> Super Bowl is like chocolate cake. All right. Mike Tomlin addressed the uh, challenges of finding a quarterback to, we still don't know if it's official with Ben Roethlisberger that he's going to retire. In fact, we had TJ Watt on yesterday and he said, I don't know. He never told us that he's retiring. We assume, but we don't know. Here's Mike Tomlin on Ben's successor. I'm excited about that challenge. Those of us that are competitors are. It makes you uneasy. But I've learned to run to those challenges. Um, I've learned to appreciate those challenges. The uncertainty surrounding them is inspiring to me in terms of producing work. Good luck, though, because it's not Mason Rudolph. It's not Dwayne Haskins. They have Josh Dobbs still on the roster there? I think so. Oh, my God. Is Duck Devlin still there? No. Okay. Gonzo. Yeah, it's tough to find that quarterback. 
And, you know, you're in a division where the Bengals have their quarterback. We know that the Ravens have their quarterback. We assume that the Browns are going to have Baker Mayfield there. But the Steelers do have some playmakers. You just need to find a quarterback. And is that quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo? Is that going to be Teddy Bridgewater? Is it going to be somebody you draft? Would you be interested in a local project with uh, Kenny Pickett, who played at Pitt? Yeah, Paul. One thing that's interesting, I was looking at a few mock drafts this morning, like Mel Kuypers and others. They don't have a lot of quarterbacks in the first 10 picks. It's in that second 10, and thir- you know, second half of the first round. And a team like Pittsburgh, they're, they're picking 20th. There could be somebody there. You know, Indianapolis, you know, Philly has three picks, and two of theirs are 15, 16. Yeah. It's, you're going to get an opportunity. Now, I don't know if Aaron Rodgers would be interested in Pittsburgh. I don't know if Russell Wilson would be. I don't know if you're going to draft somebody. But, you know, there's a, there's a lot of maneuvering that could happen here for the Steelers. It's a great organization. You play for Mike Tomlin. you got some weapons there. Got a couple. You're going to have the defensive player of the year. You know, Chase Claypool. You, you, you've got some things there. The question is, is that where Russ would want to go? It feels like those, those players, those quarterbacks, are going to have to go to the AFC that the teams will accommodate them, that if Seattle says, all right, Russ, you find where you want to go, and then we'll tell you if we want to make a trade with that team. And I still see a scenario just like we had with the Rams and the Lions with Matthew Stafford. Hey, it's not working. It's best that I move on. I want to go here. Okay, we'll talk to them and see if we can come up with some items that we're interested in. And maybe that's how this all plays out. Yes, Eden. It's wild that you could have a career as long and as successful as Mike Tomlin's, and he's never had to look for a quarterback before until this year. Yeah. Yeah. Because when he took over, uh, Ben was already there. And that it's such and a established. luxury. established. Yes. Like, yeah. It's such a luxury to have that. That you just, you know, Bill Belichick woke up every single day for two decades and could say, I got Tom Brady. That's like Andy Reid. Why would Andy Reid want to step down? He wakes up every day and goes, I got Patrick Mahomes. I mean, that's such a luxury. Yes, he. You feel like Bill Belichick, though, is a little more like, I got Tom Brady, but he's just a quarterback. (laughs) He's just a player. He probably would go, (laughs) it'd be easy for me to say, I got Tom Brady. Tom Brady's got me. Yeah, don't you mean Tom Brady has me? Here's Brady. Brady older than every opposing NFC head coach in the playoffs. (laughs) Uh, Sean McVay's 35. Kyle Shanahan's 42. Matt LaFleur's 42. Tom Brady, 44. (laughs) Is that a stat of the day-ish? Okay. I felt like we kind of just did that as stat of the day okay. a couple minutes ago. All right. Okay. All right. Who made you lifeguard on duty? I hit the button. I said duty. Duty. Uh, here's Joe Burrow, the Bengals quarterback, after the win against the Raiders. Yeah, I think the fans were, were very excited, but, you know, I tried to downplay it and, and all that because this is, you know, this is how it's going to be from here on out. It was a great win for us, but. You know, this is the this is the standard for you know the the bare minimum every year going forward. Yeah, hell yeah! Don't be satisfied. That's the response you want out of your quarterback. We are clearing out our warehouse. We have thirty different T-shirts marked fifty percent off at DanPatrick.com today only. By the way, 
Peacock streaming The Office, and uh, you can ring in the new year with season four superfan episodes featuring completely new scenes and extended cuts. Sign up at PeacockTV.com to stream now. I saw where uh, the Pistons did make an offer for Ben Simmons. You could get Jeremy Grant, who scores 20 points a game, Sadiq Bey, who gets 15 points a game. You can also get Kelly Olynyk and a first-round pick for Ben Simmons. If Kelly Olynyk is in the deal, oh. then I'm like, um, I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. That doesn't really put it over the top where you go, okay, who else are you putting in here? All right, Kelly Olynyk. All right, we'll do it. Yeah, Paul. But what, what type of bargaining power do the 76ers have? Like, what are they going to go back to him and say, hey, we got a guy who's choosing not to play for a myriad of reasons. How, how can they ask for much more? Daryl Morey, the GM, is intent on getting a King's Ransom or he is not going to play Ben Simmons. You can get two guys who average 20 and 15. Obviously, that's inflated because they're on the Pistons. Uh, But, you know, you're going to go through the whole season and just shake off trades? Yes. Wow. If he's not dealt by the trade deadline, then he's not playing this season. If I were a Sixer fan, I'd ask for my money back. You, you, You have a healthy scratch on the sideline. Yeah, but you're playing well. And Sixer fans don't want Ben Simmons. Now, what are you going to get in return for Ben Simmons? But, you know, those Sixer fans show up, and they're probably thrilled that they don't have Ben Simmons out there. I just don't know if I want to give you dollar for dollar for Ben Simmons. Because do I still have to worry about his off-the-court issues? Like, I don't know what I'm getting. Is he going to be able to play? Because he's not ready to play or doesn't want to play for the 76ers. I don't, if I get him, does he want to play for this team? Did he, would he go to Detroit? I don't even know that if I'm trying to trade for him. Yeah, Paul. Why isn't he working out things in the G League, I wonder? Like if he's not um, comfortable playing at the high level in front of 20,000 night, could he go to the G League and work out his game? Or is... I don't know. It's fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. But it feels like that the... The 76ers have drawn a line in the sand just to say, no, it ain't happening. We're going to talk about the Lakers situation coming up. Uh, Sam Amick, he works for The Athletic. He had the exclusive that uh, I guess Frank Vogel was coaching for his job on Monday night. Is Frank still coaching for his job tonight as the Lakers host the Pacers? And then they go on the road. And if you're Frank Vogel, what do you do? Do you just go in and say, let's just get this over with, you know? I can't be coaching for my job. You're, you're really undermining any authority that I have here. And I'm, I'm not the biggest Frank Vogel proponent. He did win a title. I thought that he was, a, he was a great element to add. There was no drama. There was no ego attitude. Uh, he was going to ask you to play defense. And he did this in Orlando for those teams and made them competitive. But... If you get rid of him, then be at least professional and get rid of him. Somebody leaked that. Somebody leaked that, and now Frank Vogel's got to show up every practice, every game. Players are going to be asked about him. He's going to be asked about him. But we'll uh, have more on that coming up. We'll take a break. One of our favorites, Peter Schrager from the NFL Network. We're going to ask him a question that we asked Ed Werder last hour. I'll give you three defensive players all time. They... You start your team with them. They're going to be healthy their entire career. We'll tell you who we would pick, and uh, we'll talk to Peter Schrager 
as well. Also, are the Cowboys going to lose one or two of their coordinators? We're back after this Dan Patrick show. LifeLock. It's important to understand how cybercrime and identity theft are affecting our lives. I just found this out. There are reports of at least 36,000 fake job listings in the United States designed to harvest your driver's license info, your social security numbers, and more. Cyber criminals, they could steal what's yours, and they can do it in an instant. And once they do, they can harm your finances, your credit, your reputation. LifeLock helps detect a wide range of identity threats, like your social security number for sale on the dark web. If they detect your information has potentially been compromised, they send you an alert. You have access to a dedicated restoration specialist if you become a victim. No one can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses. But you can protect what's yours with LifeLock by Norton. Join now and save up to 25% off your first year. Use the promo code PATRICK. Call 1-800-LIFELOCK or you can go to LifeLock.com. Make sure you use the promo code PATRICK for 25% off. LifeLock.com or 1-800-LIFELOCK. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. More phone calls coming up. Once again, danpatrick.com, a garage sale or a tag sale or a yard sale, depending on what part of the country you're in. 30 different t-shirts, smart 50% off at danpatrick.com. Today only. Ooh, 30 for 30 at the mothership. The next one is going to be big unveil here. And that is ESPN Films' latest 30 for 30 documentary, The Tuck Rule, revisits the controversial play from January 19th, 2002, that changed the NFL. Tom Brady and Charles Woodson. That's all you need. If you have those two. Oh, in fact, they're uh, right on the cover here of the tuck rule. They're featured in this. All right. That'll be February 6th at 830 Eastern. The call that changed it all. Tuck rule. Let's bring in Peter Schrager, co-host of the NFL Network's Good Morning Football, FoxSports.com senior national writer. You remember where you were on the tuck rule? College dorm, Emory University. Uh, Saturday night game had the Raiders winning that one. Greg Beaker did too. Tyrone Wheatley did as well. I still think uh, I know exactly where I was for that one. Dan, where were you? Any uh, girls in the dorm? No, come on, me? No. <laughs> Nothing. Nothing. Me doing me flipping through football cards and playing Stratomatic baseball. That Ooh. was me in college, my friend. Ooh. I was a big Stratomatic guy. We would play <laughs> usually at Sports Center. Uh, after Sports Center, I'd stay, and Gary Miller and I would we would play Stratomatic baseball, and it was awesome. Loved it. It's the best. Yeah. Um, you know, I would rather have had girls in the dorm room when I was in college, but you know, Stratomatic, I guess that filled the void there. Do you want for me to you. lie to you? I can lie to you. <laughs> I can <be> <laughs> You're a journalist. You're a journalist here. Um, make a case. I want you to defend uh, Cliff Kingsbury. Okay. Can you? All right. Yeah, sure. Okay. Uh, I told you back in August, the Cardinals are going to make the playoffs. I think you'd say that's a pretty good season. If I was going to tell you back in August that they were going to get embarrassed in the playoffs, you might say that's no good. I, I thought Kyler had his worst game as a pro. I think this team got absolutely embarrassed. But 
who, who are you replacing Cliff Kingsbury with in that situation? Would you rather have another coach and think that that's going to get a different outcome? That team had no shot on Monday night. So my defense of Kingsbury is that uh, that was Kyler's worst game. They were without DeAndre Hopkins, and they got blown out from go. Um, I don't think that was an issue of preparation. I think they played that game ten times with what was on the field and how that game went. The Rams are going to win. I've seen a lot of coaches lose, and here's the deal: if Cliff Kingsbury was to be blown out, or if he was to be fired, which he very well may could be, very well, very well may could be, I think there would be a line of NFL teams that would hire him as an offensive coordinator, and I think there would be a line twice as long of college teams that would hire him as a head coach. So my defense of it is: first playoff game, they got blown out. Quarterback was awful. Team was awful. Everything was awful. I don't think you've got to, you know, go say, "Hey, we need a new coach," and that's why we lost. Defend Mike McCarthy. Hmm, that's a little tougher. <laughs> okay, it's a little tougher. I think the 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 amount of quality wins that the Cardinals had this season were were lengthy. They won big games against San Francisco. Won big games against the Rams. They went into Dallas. I. I picked the Niners to win this game, Dan, beforehand, and I got a lot of slack because I was very cocksure about it. And everywhere I went was like, I don't see how the Cowboys lose. I certainly don't see how Mike McCarthy outcoaches Kyle Shanahan in the clutch and in the clutch and the moments mattered most. We have that play at the end. And I, I also look at the fake punt situation where, like, all season long, it felt like there was an ongoing verbal spat going on, whether they get along or not, and I'm sure they do, between Mike McCarthy and Fossil, the special teams coach, on the sidelines in real time. And there was always something going on. And so to get the penalty right after the fake punt, just never felt like the Cowboys were as buttoned up. And when you get 14 penalties, that is something I could point to the coach and say, hey, it's been a plaguing them all season, 127 penalties all year. Like At no point was it ever cleaned up. And when they needed the wins the most against the Raiders on Thanksgiving, loss against the Cardinals in that big game of week 16 loss. And then you get another home game, another home game. Here we go. Dak just threw five touchdowns against the, uh, the, the zombie Eagles last week. And we celebrated that performance and they, they, you know, they're down by 23 to seven and have to claw back and then have that play at the end. I just never felt like this team was as disciplined um, as you'd like to see. And I think Mike should come back. I think he should get another shot. This was great second year. And we know how those things go in year three. I think they'll be much better, but they have to clean up the penalties. But who would have thought that their offensive line would be one of their problems? Because it used to be one of their strong points. That offensive line was not good at all against San Francisco. No, it wasn't. And I, I, I think the pressure was on throughout, and that was even without Bosa and Warner for the second half. Here's what I would also point to. Debo Samuel touched the ball you know, every time they can get it to him, and they went and had him in the backfield, had him at wide receiver. Debo was, you know, everyone in the building knew. Debo is how the Niners are going to beat the Cowboys, and that's exactly what happened. CeeDee Lamb, one touch, got one catch, and then he had the offside, the, uh, the false start. It's like I know everyone's taking apart the Cowboys. I look at that and say, how do you not – game plan a way to get C.D. Lamb the ball as many times as he can. If they could do it with Debo Samuel and you could find a way to get him in the backfield or use him in a bubble screen, they're like, you shouldn't be going to Dalton Schultz and, and Cedric Wilson when the, in the big moments that matter the most. I could critique this game a million ways. I think if the Cowboys had won, um, we would be an entirely different NFL media this week. It would be Cowboys, mayhem. There'd be so much juice. There still is a lot of juice, but <laughs> the fact that they lost in such a deflating way, I don't know. It just doesn't feel the same as it would have been had they won. I know you had the Rams and the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. Does that sound right? Yeah, September. That was my pick before the season. Yeah, I have uh, Packers and the Chiefs. Uh, you need a do-over or are you, you comfortable with Rams-Chiefs? 
I've been asked to do do-overs when the Rams lost three straight, when the Chiefs lost. No, I'm, I'm staying in there, and I think okay. the Rams okay. saved, saved their best game for that Monday night game. They dismantled the Cardinals, and I know yesterday people were like, well, Stafford didn't have to do much. Stafford went, I don't know, 13 to 17, looked dialed in, 200 yards, looked perfect to me. I, I think that they're ready to take on the, the Bucks, and they've beaten them twice in the last two years, and I know McVay's not scared of going into that building. I, I feel like the Rams might beat the Bucks this weekend. He's Peter Schrager, co-host. Of, no, you got to be a little bit more emphatic than they might be. Now, of course they can beat yeah. them. How about this? Uh, we're doing this on Wednesday. The Rams, I might favor the Rams. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm, I'm not making a pick yet. I gotta see, I, honestly, I'm being dead serious with you. i got to see if Kristen Wirfs is out there. i got to see if Ryan Jensen's out there. A lot of us, we will make bold predictions, and it's not even that bold. It's a three-point game. It's not crazy. But I honestly don't know if the Rams win if, if Leonard Fournette's in there and if their two offensive linemen are in there. So I, I need to see the health status. I know it's taking the easy way out on a Wednesday. Better story if the Bills advance or the Chiefs advance? Ooh. Better story, I think, is the Bills. And it's like, I, I think it's, it's about Josh Allen, really, and how he's had to chip away year after year after year. And then this is the team that got the best of them last year and kept them away. Um, I think it's the Bills. I think last week they finally buried, you know, one big dragon master that they've had to deal with, and that's the Patriots for 20 years in their division. And the Chiefs have gotten the best of them in the playoffs last year in Arrowhead. I think if the Bills are like, I was thinking about Los Angeles for the Super Bowl. If either one of these two fan bases do go on and beat the AFC uh, championship game contender from the Titans Bengals, I think it would be really cool. I think you're going to see a lot of Bills fans travel to Los Angeles. It's a warm weather city, and it's not going to be like a small market team. I feel like Bills fans come out, um, and then, of course, the Chiefs fans show up wherever they go. So I I think both of these teams are great stories. Obviously, the Mahomes storyline, and hey, we're not done yet. Um, but I think Buffalo, this is kind of feeling like a, a destiny miracle season. And if they get there in the Super Bowl in Los Angeles, that's pretty cool. Let's look at the options for the Steelers to replace Ben Roethlisberger. Oh, by the way, T.J. Watt was with us yesterday. He said, I still don't know if he's retiring. He never told us anything. But let's assume Ben is done. So if you're Mike Tomlin, what's plan A? I, I've heard... A lot of rumors, and a lot of, I don't. I think that I don't think draft is the way to go with this veteran locker room with the Minkos and with the Watts and and with Cam Hayward. I'm not sure they're going to attend the the Rangers rookie. I don't know if Haskins has shown enough this year, and I certainly don't think Mason Rudolph has in the past few years. So I would look at a veteran quarterback. I really would, and I'm not saying it's necessarily Rodgers or Wilson, but there is that next tier, and you're looking at names who might be available, and it could be Garoppolo, it could be Cousins. It could be uh, Jameis Winston. It could be a lot of names, but I think I would look at that. That that it could be that, you know, it could be Cousins or Garoppolo, as I said. But it also could be guys that are maybe younger, and it's a Trubisky type or someone like that that hasn't had that opportunity to ever, you know, start this season, but is still laying in the weeds and waiting to go. So I look at all the veteran quarterbacks, but I don't know if they're going to be able to land uh, a Russell or an Aaron Rodgers or Deshaun Watson. Wow. Well, I wonder how this all plays out, but it feels like if Rodgers leaves, they're going to make sure he goes to an AFC team. If Russell leaves, they're going to make sure he goes to an AFC team. You think that sounds logical? Uh, sounds about, about right to me. It doesn't, doesn't look like they want to face either one of those guys in the playoffs from those sides. I'm feeling more and more that Rodgers and Wilson, who, if you ask me, week 10, uh, you know, which teams are they going for? We could do the whole Denver and Carolina and Miami conversation. 
More and more, I'm not sure either one of those guys is gone just yet. And I think we're going to have to see how the next few weeks play out. Remember, Russell said what he said on your show last year around Super Bowl week, I think it was, and that's when this whole thing started. Um, Ken Norton was fired yesterday. I'd keep an eye on what's going on in Seattle the next few weeks because anyone who tells you that they're plugged into Seattle, that might have been the case when you know Paul Allen was in charge and Pete Carroll was infallible and all this stuff. Like no one talks to Jody Allen, the owner right now. She's the sister of uh, of a Paul Allen, and she's running the show right now. And whether there have been conversations with Pete and John Schneider and all those guys and Russell that she's been having, I don't think the media is plugged into that. So I'd say let's give it a couple of weeks here before we immediately assume Russell's going or staying. You know, as somebody who gathers information, um, how often do you question the person who's giving you that information as to why they're giving you that information? Mm, I think I'm pretty good hit rate. I know I've had a couple misses, but I would like to think that I'm not one who's easily led down the wrong road for personal benefit because that'll burn me forever. I don't think I'm going anywhere. And if you... You burn me. I'm, I'm pretty pretty clean with it. That hey, I don't want to hear from you. Now, the stuff that I get a lot of smoke screens with is the NFL draft, and that's kind of understandable. That hey, we're not going to mention this guy when we talk to you about who we like, and then they end up taking him. I'm like, hey, you didn't mention him, yeah, because we wanted him. But this kind of stuff where it's uh, coaches being fired and coaches getting hired, I think everyone's pretty spot on with me, and uh, I, I usually am pretty accurate. Well, it's like I got roughed up by a guy with the NFL Network when I'd mentioned nobody was interested in Carson Wentz and nobody was calling the Eagles. And that person's Philadelphia-based, so probably wants to play nice with the Eagles, even though we know Carson Wentz, nobody wanted Carson Wentz other than, you know, it was the Colts and that was about it. I don't even know if the Colts still want him, Pete. Yeah, and you saw what uh, Chris Ballard, their GM, had to say. It wasn't a rousing, hey, we love, but hey, they're tied onto him now for three more years. They'd have to do some really, really <laughs> creative, creative. And uh, to your point, I think after this year, after another year of it and him not delivering in the final two weeks of the season, I, I really don't know if there's a market for Carson Wentz, especially at the salary that he has. All right, three defenders all time from any teams. Now, any position, you could have – three from whatever generation you want, but uh, tell me who and why you would have. All right. Can I give you, can I give a question though? Is it, am I taking any player from any individual season or is it the breadth of their career? Because there are guys that had great seasons individually that I would say, I can't say in good faith, I would take the, the career or are you saying just career. take any three you have to, overall? You right. get them their entire going, career. They stay healthy their entire career. I'm going right across my defensive line, and this is no disrespect to Champ Bailey or Dion or, or Lawrence Taylor or Derek Thomas, but I'm going Bruce Smith on one end, I'm going Aaron Donald in the middle, and I'm going Reggie White right next to him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all you need is a three-man rush in a situation like that, Peter. <laughs> good, good, good luck. Good luck getting a pass-off with those three. It doesn't. I'll push it from the inside, Reggie inside or outside, and then Bruce Smith, who – I think is criminally underrated when we talk about great defensive players. Like everyone brings up LT and everyone brings up Reggie, but like Bruce Smith and Derek Thomas were right up there with those guys every single season in the same generation. It doesn't matter who my secondary is if I've got those three guys no. up front. So you pick. Dan Etz can be a secondary. We're good. We'll, we'll roll with that. Yeah, I, having seen Lawrence Taylor in his prime and I, like just the image of, of watching him play what he did and how teams game. I don't know if there's, I don't know if teams game plan for a defensive player like they did in Lawrence Taylor. He changed yeah. the NFL. 
I don't know how many other defensive players you can say he changed the NFL, but you know the way tight ends, you know what Joe Gibbs did. You got to have yeah. a, another guy. You got to chip. You got to tight ends. Got to help the uh, tackle. Like Lawrence Taylor changed the game with his style. And and the accolades are there when you talk about the defensive player of the year as a rookie. You talk about an MVP from the defensive spot, 1986, the only player to do it um, in the last three or four decades. I will be honest, though, and it's not that I'm biased. Like, like I told you, I was in college during the Tuck World game, so do the math. I just missed peak LT. I got 1990 LT where he has the big uh, strip of Roger Craig and, and the Giants are a great team. I got that the later stated that like watching in person Reggie White dismantle defense, offensive lines and then watching what Aaron Donald does in the real time and then knowing that over 20 years Bruce Smith compiled all those sacks and just dominated week in, week out. I'm going with those three and it's nothing against LT. I just I wasn't alive and I wasn't watching when he was doing what he was doing in the early 80s. Give me the surprise result this weekend. Huh. The surprise result, I think, is uh, San Francisco potentially going in there and bullying the Packers around. I'm not sure if I'm picking them yet, but I know Kyle Shanahan by no means is scared of uh, coaching staff of Mike, of Matt LaFleur, Joe Barry, and Nathaniel Hackett, three guys he's worked with before, and they have gotten the best of Rodgers in playoff games in the past. Um, I, I would not be surprised if this was one of those where – San Francisco comes in and just it's a low-scoring game, and Rodgers has to pull a rabbit out of his hat, and Bosa or Warner makes a play if they're healthy, and they get it done. What do you think the fallout would be if the Packers lost this weekend? Tune in on Monday. (laughs) 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 Sometimes sometimes when when the world is burning, it's good for rating. So I don't know. Let's see. We'll just watch. Thank you, buddy. Great to talk to you. Thank you. That's Peter Schrager, co-host of uh, NFL Network's Good Morning Football. You can follow Peter at uh, at P Shregs. The show airs Monday through Friday at 7 a.m. Eastern. We'll take a break. We're going to play career salary game coming up next and some phone calls as well. Back after this. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. Mike check. Mike check. Do you want exclusive insight from the biggest names in the sports game? What's good? This is national champion and former pro baller Chris Johnson. And let me tell you a little bit about my new series, KJ Live. KJ Live is the only show featuring me going one on one with the brightest basketball minds on the planet to get the real. And when I say real, I mean that real. I got legendary Hall of Famers, elite coaches, and the top basketball insiders bringing you a unique perspective on all things hoops culture that you will not find anywhere else. To make your next move your best move and tap in with me on KJ Live, wherever you get your podcast from. Trying to get some insights into some of these job openings. Mentioned yesterday that I was told Eric Bieniemy be the top choice in Minnesota, Dan Quinn in Denver, uh, Brian Flores in Chicago. But, uh, you know, this is all preliminary because I don't think you're going to get any coaching hires and you're still going through the process of interviewing general managers. But my source was telling me yesterday, hearing Bieniemy is the top choice there. I mentioned Bill O'Brien. Vegas says is the uh, odds-on favorite right now for Jacksonville. Uh, I think that came to an end yesterday. It felt like uh, there was a report that he was not going to get that job. I don't know if it's Byron Leftwich. 
who's the offensive coordinator with Tampa. But I do want somebody who can help that quarterback, Trevor Lawrence, get to the next level, whoever that is. Now, do you want to hire a head coach whose big responsibility is going to be to develop a quarterback? Or do you want to hire somebody as an offensive coordinator or a quarterback's coach who can help him? But Byron Leftwich might be the guy in waiting there as well. But we got uh, we still have a little bit of time here and a lot of interviews with a lot of different people there. All right, time to play career salary game. I'm oh. not sure who is the person of interest here with career salary game, but here's Paulie, our host. I picked this gentleman because he's been in the news the past few days, and his salary has changed a lot lately. Okay. It's Dak Prescott. Oh, okay. Dak Prescott in his career up until this season. Wow. In five years, made $31 million, which isn't that much for a starting NFL quarterback. Okay. His new deal will pay him over the next six years $166 million, including this year, his entire signing bonus he got in one day, in one check of $66,383,000. Well, he's got to pay taxes. Got to pay a lot of taxes. <laughs> Going to hurt. Going to hurt. $66 million in one day. That might be the single biggest payout in NFL history. Because Kirk Cousins got guaranteed, but it was spread out. Yeah. And the question is what, Pauline? Oh, what will Dak Prescott finish with <laughs> for his career salary after this contract is over? Uh, it's all said and done. Now, that includes the signing bonus. Everything. What he made before this, what he made after this. And he'll still have another contract in front of him, probably. He'll be like 32 years old. Yeah. Uh, $280 million. $196 million for Dak Prescott. Hmm. Okay. It's not bad cash. Yeah. yeah. It's okay. A little less than you thought. Career salary game brought to you by Panini. Hottest rookies, biggest superstars, the old-time greats. Only one place to collect them all. Panini Trading Cards. Exclusive trading card partner of the NFL. They got Donruss, Prism Contenders, National Treasures, instant classic trading cards, most popular players, Mahomes, Brady, Rogers, Josh Allen, and so many more autograph cards, memorabilia cards, rare inserts, something for everyone in Panini America packs. Also, it's the exclusive home with um, the NBA, UFC, NASCAR, and collegiate trading cards. And you can uh, get your top rookies as well. Jamar Chase, Trey Lance, Micah Parsons, Trevor Lawrence, Mac Jones, Jalen Waddle. All available. PaniniAmerica.net, the official trading cards of the Dan Patrick Show. A couple of phone calls in here. Brian in Indiana. Hey, Brian, what's on your mind today? Morning, Dan. Good morning, Brian. Um, I've missed, missed the last couple of shows, but what I, up until last week, all the suggestions for Seton and... The French guys' trip have been through Missouri and Iowa to large places where you can eat large pieces of meat and take showers and truck stops. My suggestion is if he comes through Indianapolis that I could help arrange a lap in the Sprinter van around the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, dinner in the basement wine cellar at St. Elmo's, and a nice night's sleep at a Conrad Hotel. Whoa. That sounds a lot better to me. Wow. 
Things just got a little bit more interesting with your Rand McNally there, Seton. Getting spicy. Okay, yeah, Paul. I think we have a new game. Beat that hookup. That guy is oh, okay. that's a solid hookup. Yeah. All right. Well, Brian, uh, we're trying to finalize things. The French kid is actually coming okay. to the man cave today. How do you have so much pull there, Brian, in Indiana? Well, I own the, know the owner of St. Elmo's, and I know a executive at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. So nothing's confirmed, but I think a couple of phone calls. And the fact that you guys are such huge racing fans there with uh, <laughs> the IMS team jumping at the chance. But no, I think they think it'd be great exposure. Okay. All right. Well, uh, Brian, we'll let you know. And then uh, if, if Seton can make the trip happen and you do a pit stop in Indianapolis. Put Brian on hold there. Yeah. Let's grab his info. Yeah. What are you kidding? The basement at St. Elmo's? Let's go. We, we were in the basement when Adam Sandler. That's for the big ballers. Yeah, we were there with uh, Russell Wilson Jr. the third's girlfriend at the time, I think. Yeah. Sierra. Vanilla Ice. Ice Ice Baby was there. Will Forte. And the Patriots uh, at some point that week. The yeah. Patriots had dinner down there. Yeah. I remember seeing Julian Edelman. Yeah, yeah. Ravens one night. Uh, remember seeing them at St. Elmo's? As a matter of fact, I think that the Patriots were downstairs and the Giants were upstairs at yep. the same time. Yep, I think that's right. St. Elmo's. That's pretty good. Heck Marvin, yeah. Marvin's got him on hold. He'll get Brian, Brian's information there. Get a hotel room. I think he only said one hotel room for you and the French kid. I'll figure that out. Yeah. Yeah, you can do a, a trundle bed or something. <laughs> hey, is there a pullout on there, the couch? My my son went to Iceland, and uh, he was in a hotel room, and uh, there was only one bed. And so they got a – they said, we need another bed. They sent a crib up to the room for his <laughs> his friend. And his friend, who was an adult, <laughs> he slept in the crib. <laughs> and And we have a picture of it. And my wife says, you're not allowed to show anybody that picture. Like a big man, baby? Yes. Yes. Taylor is in the crib. It's funny how, depending on what stage <laughs> in life you are, after a, a long night out, you could find the most comfortable bed in just about anywhere. Absolutely. You could be on top of a dresser. Yeah. Like, oh, this is so good. Yeah. It's like, you know, when, when uh, children collapse, when they're so tired, they just <laughs> fall wherever and they go to sleep. Sometimes you can come in after a late night and just go, I don't know if there's going to be anything underneath me when I fall, but I'm good. Uh, so we'll get that information and then we'll let you know. I told the French kid last night, you got to come up with the route here. We got to plan this. He goes, yep, yep. I keep telling Seton. He made it seem like you're the one that's uh, holding things up. I, I definitely am. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Cause I'm, I'm waiting uh, on something. And so mm. uh, as soon as I can get that, then we can figure it out. Mm. Yeah. I'm definitely holding things up, though. Something or someone? Uh, possibly both. Okay. You're waiting for more hookups. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm waiting for just some information. Okay. Once we get it, we'll let you know, and then you can follow Seton along his route. You can go with him, a caravan. Let's go. We got ourselves a convoy. <laughs> All the way to L.A. Final hour coming up. The Laker mess. How bad is it? And when is it going to get any better? Two hours in the books, one more to go in this Wednesday, Dan Patrick Show.
One more item. We close out hour two. Sleep number. In the new year, how about a New Year's resolution to get great sleep? Get almost 100 hours more proven quality sleep per year. That's what you get with the Sleep Number 360 smart bed. They got scientific proof to back this up. Now, there are a couple other things that they say. You want to get a great night's sleep? It's not just this great bed. Open the curtains upon, you know, waking up. Get natural light. Energize yourself. Start the day. You want to make sure that you stay with a pattern, even on the weekends when you're not working. That you get up at the same time, you go to bed at the same time. Quality sleep in the new year, more important than ever to have a balanced life and to be healthy. It's essential for boosting energy, recovery, well-being. You want to make sure that you do that and get that quality sleep. Sleep Numbers January Sale. Save $1,000 on the Sleep Number 360 Special Edition Spark Bed plus special financing only at Sleep Number Stores. Or sleepnumber.com slash Patrick. Subject to credit approval, minimum monthly payments required. See sleepnumber.com Patrick for details.